What's going on? Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast, episode 176. We are back. We're back. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. Welcome back. Um, Round one over. Round one is over. A lot of things to recap there. Where where do you want to start? Surprising. When was the last time, before we get to the individual stuff, What's the last time uh, first round doesn't none of the series go seven? I don't know. And only one sweep. <laughs> one one sweep. sweep and none of them go seven. Interesting. It's crazy. So but where do you want to start? Uh, I think two series definitely could have went seven. The um yeah. Phoenix and uh obviously the Minnesota and Memphis one could have went seven. So but well, let's start there. Let's start Minnesota and Memphis. <clears throat> okay. Um, where where do you want to start? So uh, we've we've put together three things we've learned from each of the eliminated teams, and we'll get to that after we recap like the series as a whole. Um, so this series. I liked this series a lot. I thought it was cool to see a lot of young, uh, young talent go against each other. Um, that's it. <laughs> you know what's weird to me is I don't like. Yeah, I don't know if I like this series to be honest. No, I thought the games were good, mm-hmm. but I don't think I don't think Memphis was tested like they needed to be. And they still lost two games. And they lost two games. Because to me, they didn't really play that well. Right. No, they didn't. They and didn't I, and play I well thought, in some of their wins. I thought Minnesota, like, made their defense look even better a lot of the time. Memphis's? Yeah, just settling all yeah. the time, not playing to people's strengths, not really knowing where the ball should be going. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I wanted to see more from Memphis. I I agree. I agree. Um, obviously, Ja had his moments of heroics, but as a as a squad, I didn't see I didn't see the team that was hyped up to be um, hyped up all season. Even the hunger, I didn't see the hunger out of them this season where like Patrick Beverly can punk basically your whole squad yeah. in two games. Um, so, yeah, that, that was interesting. I think. And I, 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 this is going to be disrespectful, but I don't really mean it as disrespectful as it sounds. I think these are probably the two worst coaches in the, um, in the playoffs, oh, besides no. the one we'll talk about. Oh, okay. Besides okay. the one we'll talk about later. <laughs> okay. Uh, as far as what they did in this series, I, I don't, I think I saw a lot of inexperience from the coaching staff. Yeah. Um, Minnesota, especially. So, yeah. So that played a big part in it, also. Yeah. I thought the, the things that I thought is... they would. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, just uh, think... I was going to say the things... <laughs> the things that I thought they would improve on or make adjustments about, I just didn't see any at all. So, yeah. And, and Memphis, to their credit, did. They played to certain guys' strengths in a lot of the critical later games, especially. Yeah, they did. 
Like I thought they they looked to feed Bain the ball more and more as he was playing better and better. Mm-hmm. I didn't they see did. that from Minnesota at all. No. None. No. Six six games. I didn't really see any of it. No. So I'll get into that now. Timberwolves. Three things I learned. And we're going to take turns on this. I have the Timberwolves, the Hawks, and the Pelicans. So, Timberwolves, three things I learned. Number one, Anthony Edwards needs more of the offense. Sometimes it felt, really until the last two games, it felt like they were running the offense around Anthony Edwards, and Edwards was like maybe a second option, third option on the offense a lot of times. Yeah. When he needed to take over, they would come just feed it to him. Certain players would come and just feed it to him, but then they weren't running any more plays. So then he had to work harder to get his shot. He would turn the ball over. He'd take tougher shots. But when they did run plays for him and he got shots, it looked great. But yeah. when someone gets hot, that's not when you just stop running their plays. And it looks like uh, he's more of an afterthought in their offense at times. And I think that is one thing that really, really, really needs to change. And that was the biggest for his game, I thought being an afterthought is what made him settle for jumpers a lot. I agree. Because he wanted to get the shot off because he's not really the focal point of the possession. And it kind of hurt them that he had such a great game one. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't, there was a lot of times later in the series where Memphis is on a run and Minnesota doesn't realize like, yo, we're not making these same good shots. So it just, it looked bad. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So that's number one. Number two, and this is kind of a twofold one. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns needs to pick a position, number one. And number two, uh, they need to stop relying on him to be an emotional leader because it's just not happening. It's not coming. They're waiting for it. I feel like a lot of times in the games, they're waiting for him to like, get started establish himself yeah it's not coming and when it comes to the pick a position i don't know what position jared vanderbilt plays like at all i don't know if he's supposed to be center supposed to be power forward supposed to be a small forward whatever but they have him out there um kind of he guards every position which is cool but then you can't have him and towns both do that I see both of them flow outside of the paint. And then Jared Vanderbilt is just, he's then, he's not like a good rebounder necessarily. So yep. when Towns is shooting threes, they have him down there, Jared Vanderbilt down there as their primary offensive rebounder, and it does not work. Then no one can drive when Towns is playing down low. It's, it makes the offense completely stagnant. So I, I just wish Towns would either be a jump shooter or be a post-up guy so they can, the rest of the team can plan accordingly every game. Yes. Cause it's not like they even use it to create mismatches. Cause like guys like MB, they'll say, okay, we're going against Vucevic tonight. I'm inside all night. Or they'll say, okay, we're going against Gobert tonight. I'm going to spread the floor and you know, I'm going to stay outside the paint. And they, they didn't have any of that kind of strategy with towns who can do that. Yeah. They didn't use it. In, in the series at all. So, I mean, it got to the point where Memphis was starting Tillman instead of Steven Adams. I mean, they were just starting like 
third string centers just because because yeah. Towns is no threat. And Clark dominated the series like that. That Dominate. shouldn't happen. That to me, yep. that's an indictment on what you're doing. If a role player who's just really doing his role, it's not mm-hmm. like Clark just like heated up from three like crazy or he caught lobs and rebounded. Yep. And he killed you yep. the second half of the series. Yep. I think it goes back to shot selection. A lot, like almost all their problems just from this series. Shot selection. Yeah. They're they're essentially playing positionless basketball, like you said. No real roles on the court. No real, like, commitment to what kind of shots guys are going to get. Great segue to my last point. D'Angelo Russell's not a starting point guard. He's just not. Tell me why. Tell me why. He, He does literally nothing that they need a point guard to do for them. He, he he doesn't really he doesn't really set anyone out anyone up. He can make flashy passes, yes. but he doesn't draw defense ever. Never draws defense. He takes shots. He takes untimely shots, which is just just a no no for all point guards, <laughs> starting point guards. Like, yes. you know, the the last shot he took in the was that. This game or game six? I mean, game five. I want to say it was game five. They had a chance to win it. He comes down. No, when did Jaw do the layup? That was game five. Five, five, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dad. He comes down. What was that? Dude, there was so many times, so many, where I'm like, Bro, yo, deloading. What is that? They had plenty of time. They had plenty of time. He does like a little inside out behind the back shoots a fadeaway mid-range jumper yeah. it's all backboard um so that's something i don't see he doesn't command the ball when they need him to command it he doesn't come get the ball on fast breaks he just it's just he's a better six man when he's six man i think he can do all of that just uh renegade basketball basically just come out there and just do whatever the team needs yeah. but in the for starting point guards, we need you to do what you do in the in uh, beginning of the game off the tip. And then, you know, maybe if you get a chance with the second string, get in there and start doing random stuff. But he comes out and just does random stuff the whole game. And it just it doesn't help them. I, I can't help them at all. Yeah, dude, I can't stand my starting point guard being 0 for 5 from 3 and taking an awful 3 in the fourth quarter. Right. And that happened like three different times. I'm like, yo, deloading, you're not having a good that that shot was for a guy who's having a good shooting night and you're not having that. Exactly. Number one offense in the league. He doesn't set Towns up. He doesn't set Edwards up. You know, I mean, can you can you think of a time uh, deloading through a lob to Anthony Edwards? No. Have you seen it? No. I've seen Edwards don't take twice to zero. I haven't seen any lobs. Not and, a single one. I mean, it, it should be easy. Uh, Pat Bev plays point guard on the team, and he's not a starting point guard. They don't have a starting point guard on the team. They so, don't. Another, another yes. thing that falls back, another way you could somehow fix the shot selection. It is. And it's more of an issue for you. Exactly. 
So you know what killed D loading real quick? What you remember when he was coming out of Ohio State and he was the you know he was gonna be a top five pick. They were hyping him up as this like point guard. And they showed that same, I remember the same clip of him hitting that one full court bounce pass. Bounce pass. Like you said, flashy passes, he got you. Yeah, perfect. He's great at it. I was watching the series and I'm realizing at one point, D-Loading has not one time in the league been a point guard. No. He's played really well. Right. He's played really well a lot. But he's, yep. never, he's never been a point guard. He's never dictated the offense for multiple people. And it showed. Nope. It showed its very, very ugly head in this yeah. series. I, I just want to pull up his some of his numbers, his uh, assist numbers, which are – this is the problem with him. When guys are having good nights – he can come down and give it to them, but he can't give it to anyone else in the game. Like, you you look at his numbers, first two games, he had nine assists, four assists, eight assists, seven assists, eight assists, four assists, right? Sounds fantastic, right? But if you're losing the games that he has the more assists in, it's not good. Nope. We're not good. Nope. So, so to me, uh, my last point was, Bring D'Angelo Russell off the bench. He can get eight assists off the bench. That would be fire. But not starting point guard. It's not it. It's not it. So, congratulations to the Grizzlies. I think they're going to get spanked in this second round, but we'll get to that later. Boy, I guess. We get will to the get preview. to that. Are you going to preview that now? Since we already have the Warriors and uh, – well, we got to talk about the Warriors a little bit. We touched on them last episode. Yeah. I think they had one more game to go. Nuggets are my team, I believe. Yeah. And, and watching the last two games, obviously the Nuggets got to get healthy. Yeah. But you look at the three, to me, the three best teams are Memphis, Phoenix, Golden State. Yep. Golden State is probably the best example who you just got demolished by. They yeah. dominate playing fast. Mm-hmm. Denver could not keep up. Mm-hmm. It, it like you have to be able to defend while playing fast, which those three teams can do. You couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You couldn't. Mm-hmm. Do, you had Poole look looking like he had AI handles out there. Yeah. I just, I honestly thought it was like almost like the Warriors are in better shape. At mm-hmm. one point, they're they're getting back and forth, and I'm like, yo, the Nuggets, like they're scoring though. You can't go up and down mm-hmm. while you can't stop them. Right. The greatest shooting backcourt. They just they're getting a new Splash Brother, and and we're giving up open shots to to a lot of players. Yep. And, and, and they me. never stopped. That killed me because I think the Nuggets offensively are, again, once they're healthy, they're perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But you got to be able to keep up with these teams. And that, to me, Murray, I don't know if Murray and Porter could fix that. What fixes it is Jokic not bringing the ball up court every time down. 
Like, he doesn't have to bring it up every single time. Yeah. So the problem is they play slower because Jokic is running to come get the ball out of, like, uh, Jeff Green's yeah. hands. Michael <laughs> so, Malone thought that he could dictate, that Jokic could dictate everything that happens in the series. No, you can't. And I, I could not, I can't think of a worse team to only play like that against than the Warriors. <laughs> And a defensive player of the year, Draymond. Yeah. Pick anyone up full court. Yeah. It was it was tough, man. Yeah. Um, so the Warriors, I think we talked about it last time. They looked fantastic. Um, you know, they lost that one game, had a bad shooting night. Steph's still been a little bit inconsistent, but when he's consistent, he's you know, super hot fire. So really doesn't matter. Pool, uh, they've been finding new ways to get pool involved. Clay looks retro, vintage. So, yeah, they look good, man. This the difference here is again, the Warriors didn't need to be tested. They're healthy. Yeah. They're playing fantastic. They're ready. Yep. Memphis again. This is why I wanted them to have more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. I just think mm-hmm. the Warriors are too like flawless right now right this right. is just like a bad matchup I, and i like what the grizzlies are doing but morant was really inconsistent yeah and a lot of people are hyping up the highlights and obviously he's a superstar but he mm-hmm. can't if they're gonna win games in golden state he can't yeah. be inconsistent turnovers the the going straight at looney's chest and just throwing the ball off the backboard. Draymond's going to be there contesting you. Yep. Got to be consistent. Got to continue to get good shots. And I just, I don't think they could keep up. If you're a guard, you cannot, and he falls on the ground a lot. If you're a guard, you have to get back. on You have to, you have to be able to get back. And a lot of times I see him, this is where another way D'Angelo Russell wasn't helping them. Morant would drive and be laying on the ground while Minnesota was doing their fast break, running a fast break. And with the Warriors five on four, it's a wrap. Wide open shot for a 40 plus percent three point shooter. (laughs) It's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah, Four on three, it's a wrap. So uh, Morant is the the king of those, you know, lopsided fast breaks for the other team for sure. Turnovers and those. Wild layups that he wants to end up because yes. he knows he's going to try to draw a foul on Draymond. This is yeah, defensively another point where I don't think they're ready is to, again to discredit deloading a little bit. You weren't putting pressure on every guard on the Grizzlies, right? Now Morant not only has to get back, he has to defend every possession. He has to mm-hmm. think the game on both ends again. He didn't have to do that in the first round. Right. He's going to have to do it this this time. I also think Memphis's um, bench is going to have a harder time than they did against uh, the Timberwolves. No disrespect to um, McLaughlin, but, I mean, Tyus Jones was eating him alive. Tyus Jones was eating the starters alive. And, you know, Tyus Jones isn't eating Poole alive. We can forget about that. He's not eating uh, Gary Payton Jr. alive. Um uh, you know, Clark, some of the backups for uh, Memphis, 
coming in with the backups for Golden State, I'm picking the backups for Golden State every time. Kaminga, Porter, those guys. You know, I'm actually going to push back on this because in okay. theory, in theory, I you're obviously right. Yeah. But the Memphis's success, and these guys don't get enough credit. Again, Bain takes over games, even though he doesn't he does. do anything excessive. Right. Brooks, Brooks, Brooks is like their wild card who's who does a lot of excessive shit. Yeah. But again, he could take over a game. He can. So I wouldn't really pick uh, roster versus roster with these two teams because Memphis's bench is liable to just do something crazy. It is, but even though the Warriors didn't need to be tested, I do think their bench needed to be tested bad because Porter has been playing like garbage for a lot of the season. He had like three games where he was fantastic, and the rest of the season he's been pretty whack. Yeah. So I think um, him and Gary Payton has been like on the edge of not even playing. Kaminga came in and got good minutes, but I think Steve Kerr is kind of questioning if he's playoff ready. So I think those guys, um, I think they needed a series to get to be ready for Memphis. I, I, I picked them only the bench. The starters is different. Bane, uh, Bane can go off just like Clay can go off, to be honest. Yeah. Um, if you don't, if you're not guarding him, Clay can go off if you're guarding him. But if you're not guarding Bane, he can go off for 30 easily. Um, Clark comes off the bench and Clark can go off for, you know, we've seen um, how well he can play. But I, I, I'm taking the word for his bench this time, especially if they, if, if he gets creative with maybe Wiggins off the bench, maybe um, uh, maybe Poole starts, maybe Gary Payton starts. You never know what um, Kerr might do. It's just I like Memphis a lot, man. I hate that I I feel it's like tough. I'm hating on them, but You're not like them. I know I know Steph, Clay, and Poole are getting good shots for a fact. For a fact, doesn't matter the defense, doesn't matter the yeah. like the game seven, game one, fourth quarter. Yeah. I just watched Memphis against a pretty bad defensive team. Yeah, Morant takes a lot of bad shots by choice. Yeah. Uh, Jaron <laughs> yeah. Jackson takes way too many bad shots by choice. It's like Vucevic, uh, the the threes. It's, yeah, numbers. it's close. <laughs> It's close. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then uh, Brooks, same thing. Yeah. I can't, like, you're not beating the Warriors doing that. You might win a game. You'll you'll definitely get a yeah. Memphis game doing that. Yeah. But the series. They have one hot game for sure in the series. Yeah. I think this is they six games game. either way, minimum. Mm-hmm. I just think the Warriors are, I don't think they're going to lose a home game, to be honest. I'm going to go – I'll go with five. Then I'm going to sweep. I'll go with okay. five. Okay. Only reason why is because Memphis did get down every game to Minnesota. 13, 20, 26. They're not coming back. Against- <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You're not, you're not That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's one thing for Anthony Edwards to take a lot of jumpers. 
It's a whole yeah. other game when Steph and Clay are doing that. Yeah, yeah. If they go down by that much, I mean, it's a wrap. Yeah, dude. I mean, Wiggins is getting involved. It's it's tough. It's tough to pick against to Wiggins. the Warriors right now. Wiggins' jump, uh, his jump shots have really impressed me this season. I did not think he was like a knockdown shooter. I mean, and he's not. But this season, he's shown that he can hit uh, a catch-and-shoot three. He's probably better than he has his entire career. I didn't look that up, but I assume uh, watching it, his three-point percentage looks amazing. Yeah. And and it's, again, he's getting better shots. Yeah. Taking high-quality threes, you're, even if you're not the best shooter, your percentage is going up. So what else you got on Denver? They need to get healthy. What else? They need to play fast? Yeah, besides speed, I mean, I think I think talked about a player for Minnesota and there's other teams that have specific players, but I think I've seen enough of Will Barton. <laughs> Will Barton's your man, though. He is. I like him a lot. I think I'd like to see where he goes if obviously I'm not even I'm not even sure if they want to move him, but he's too yeah. volatile. Yeah. He's too high highs, low lows. It's he he just like takes possessions over for no reason. Mm-hmm. For some reason he could take any shot. I'm I'm not sure why. <laughs> Like Murray mm-hmm. and Porter, no problem. Obviously, Jokic, no problem. I don't need a yeah. fourth guy doing that. Right. And their bench right. plays good enough to where Barton Barton doesn't need to just like say, "Yo, just move." I'll I'll do the Levert thing. I'll do like the yeah. Clarkson thing. Right. Right. And for some reason, he does it, and they just like feed off of it. He's one of the guys that looks like um uh. He hasn't taken a shot for a while in like a pickup game. So <laughs> I know I hasn't gotten a touch in a, a couple of possessions. So he hasn't taken one full one on one possession. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. yeah, so he does Again, that a lot. I just I, I haven't seen them healthy in so long. I'm not completely like I don't think it's a wrap. I don't think right. they have to move him. Like he's just a He's a weak link out there, but without, without Murray, like he just takes a lot of awful shots a lot. Yeah. You're and right. The team is You're, too comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. It slows them down too. Yeah. 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 Good point. Good points. But that's really All it. Right. Besides that, I, Again, after the first two games, I felt bad for the Nuggets. I'm like, damn. I mean, it didn't matter how good you were playing. You're not beating that. Yeah. Once the pool party started, it was just – it was a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go to the East. Uh, last time we talked, the Heat had not yet eliminated the Hawks. They yeah, did no. lose right after we talked. Yes. Yeah, they did. Um, we've now seen them, seen the Hawks officially been uh, be eliminated. Um, how do you feel about the Heat's performance in this? The Heat, the, just for everyone uh, to know, in case you missed the last game, 
Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry both did not play in this game. And uh, Oladipo made his return. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, he made his return earlier in the series, but this was a real return because he scored well, looks looked spry, uh, and they still beat the Hawks. Miami, I mean, we've talked about this so much, but Miami, as always, it's it's almost like a point for them that they have to show you they could beat anyone and lose to anyone. Yeah. Again, like now Duncan Robinson is coming off the bench. We're still forcing him shots. Yeah. Why can't he just spot up? You, you, like you have Tyler Harrow gets buckets. You got guys, yeah. your bigs always play off your guards. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, when Robinson comes in, we we kill all that and we're like forcing pin downs. We're forcing they, they like, like elevator plays. They act like he's uh Duke JJ Reddick. Yes. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so unnecessary. Like you're you're playing offense well. Why are you forcing him into the game? Right. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I thought Harrow looked great. I thought Oladipo looked good that last game. Mm-hmm. Miami's got too much experience to to struggle in a series like this. Yeah, like you said, they got uh, Struce starting now, and he looks great. He is a really, really good fit. Um, Lowry has found, like, a place where he really has to do nothing. Like, I I think that's – it's kind of crazy. He just goes out there and just – Takes charges. (laughs) Takes takes charges, charges, yeah. Yeah, it's like his uh, Denver Chauncey Billups years, like where – He's just chilling, just in a nice place. He's happy. The team is cool. Coach is cool. So he's just doing what he wants. Jimmy Butler, again, some games he's the best player in the league. Some games he's just a role player. As always. And that worked against Atlanta. Uh, Not so sure it'll work next series, but we'll talk about that. Uh, Before, two more guys you didn't mention that I think deserve a lot of credit. Uh, mm-hmm. Vincent and Martin. Yeah. Like great bench guys took over big stretches in, in different games. They, they have found a way to come in with instant energy, which is something most teams bench guys cannot do at all. Yeah. yeah. And um, they do it so well, especially Martin. Martin comes in like looking for someone to dunk on every time he comes into the game. And I yeah. love it. And, and that energy, like, Miami's always – everybody in Miami has done that for the last, like, five years and probably even beyond yeah. that. But I've never seen it take over playoff games before. Mm-hmm. So their depth, like, their depth has real firepower where I didn't really see that before. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great point. Now, to the Hawks. Tough year. I'm very tough year. A lot of injuries. Uh, shout out to Trey. Play the last two games, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He played first two. No, was it last two? He, he didn't miss eight. one game. He got hurt and missed. came back. I thought it was either three or four. Yeah, so he missed one game. 
Got hurt in one game, missed the next game. Didn't make them look any better, by the way. Right. And he played well. Right, true. No, he. I think he missed the first two games of this. The first two games then. So he came he back hurt in three. In the, he got hurt in the playing game, the yeah. Cavs game. Yeah. So he, I think he missed the first two of, yeah, of these games. Um, let me start. Uh, the Hawks, my three things I learned from the Hawks. The defense cannot rely on Capella. Capella missing a game should not make your team look like they don't deserve to be in the playoffs at all. Like they, Capella's not a, you know, I just don't think you can depend on like a single role player for a role. Exactly. Exactly. You can't depend on him for your whole anchor of your defense. Yeah. I don't think any other good team in the league does that. Um, but they try to do it and we saw what happens when they uh go without him. So Part of that is, uh, to my next point, they need um, defensive veteran depth badly. Um, Herder and Hunter are both young, good players, but they're not, they can't do anything on defense. We've seen it. Um, Hunter has the body of a good defender, but as we've said on here a lot of times, he's stiff. He, he, uh, his reaction time isn't as fast um, as what you want out of your like main go-to defensive guy. Um, as far as their bench, I mean, the bench is just no. There's just no defensive bench. Delon Wright. Yeah, I like Cuerto, by well, the way, bro. I think I think he's a better defender than you're giving him credit for. He he's is, just not he's, athletic. He's athletic. I mean, he got he got balance. You know, he's pretty he's, quick. He's a He's a good defender, but he's just a good defender. And in the East, we see a lot of these teams have elite defenders, at least one. And, you know, Miami has three, maybe, yeah. maybe four. Um, and if Herder is your best defender, I mean, you're going to get beat. You're going to get beat every time, every series, you know? So, yeah. um, and it's not that I don't think – He's a good defender. I think they need defensive depth. That's the problem. They, you know, starting five is a decent defense, but after that, who do you have coming in? You know, they have. I don't even remember who they came, who they had coming in at guard after Delon Wright. Anybody? And Delon Wright's just out there. Yeah. Trying to be like the big, like combo guard, do it all. He's the spot up guy. He's the playmaker. He's right. like, he's feeding the ball to Trey Young. Like, what? Bogdanovich just wants to shoot the whole game. There's no, there's no other mission for himself in the game. No, nothing doesn't care about stopping anyone. Doesn't care about getting any assists. No. His his my player tasks are just taking shots. Yeah. He does it. I mean, he played well this series, so I'm not hating because he played well this series. And uh, my last one is the same thing we've been making this entire season about the Hawks. Trey cannot handle the ball. He can't be the only ball handler on the team. We've seen it. We've seen it last year. It didn't work. 
this year it got worse because Bogdanovich comes off the bench and he's a decent ball handler. Um, but uh, him and Gallinari can't be like your point forwards in the game and you expect for Trey to still be involved in the offense because both of them just scores and nothing else. Yeah. Uh, so Trey lets go of the ball. He might as well just run back on defense right now. And they need another ball handler for him so he can come off the ball and get some catch-and-shoot shots. Because when he does catch-and-shoot, I mean, it's money. It just happens so rarely that they don't get to utilize it. Um, so they need someone that they can uh, use to initiate the offense so Trey doesn't have to have the ball 48 minutes in it. Will Barton could help him a ton, by the way. He looked he good, yeah. He's exactly <laughs> who I think. They need like a spark. Because yeah. McMillan, McMillan tries to run plays through other guys, but like Querter is yeah. so basic. He is. Hunter is the same. Like he's so stiff. Gallinari so stiff. is t- basket and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, Bogdanovich is the same. Bogdanovich, so, same thing. It, like, you just, it's too much of a mess at times. It is. I think, um, I mentioned earlier, I think Oladipo will be flawless for them. I think, uh, obviously, CJ McCollum would have helped them, but he's doing great doing what he does in he uh, helped New Orleans. The team he actually went to. Right. Uh, yeah, like you said, Barton would be nice. I can't really think of anyone else right now. But there's guys out there for sure that could have a spark, could have some energy, could, you know, handle the ball. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell would be nice. He low-key would bench. help them. Off the, yeah, off the bench. Off the bench. He would help them, though. Um, so, yeah, those are my three for the Hawks. You have any more? Anything else to add for them? No, that's it. I'd like Collins. I'd like Collins to be more than just a shooter and lob guy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I get, I, I cut comes... him some slack because he was hurt. Because uh, yeah. he like just got healthy in this series. But you're right though. Overall, he he needs. I need to see him. Like, I'm not sure if he can beat anyone one on one. Yeah, I, mean, I think a lot season. of that is just Trey only having the ball it is it is because i think if they threw it into him he'd be able to make a good pass to trey if trey were to move without the ball he, definitely he does could. it against guards from mm-hmm, time to does. time it's just not like I'd, I'd force feed it if i'm getting that matchup right the second ball handler they do get does have to be a threat because uh it would make it easier for teams to not be able to face guard Trey when he does let go of the ball. Yeah. Because I've seen moments where he'll pass it and they'll try to run the play for him and somebody is like looking him dead in his eyes, you know, holding his jersey the entire possession. Right. And they can do that when Herder is up at the top of the key trying to dribble through a trap, trying to, you know, it's whatever. (laughs) So Herder's so bad as a ball handler. (laughs) So bad. So right-handed, dude. Yeah, 
He'll try to spin and come right back. It's a half yeah. spin to come right back to the right. Yeah. So, um, Miami has made it through. They will face the 76ers. 76ers. Who just got rid of the uh, Toronto pesky, Raptors. Pesky Toronto Raptors. Pesky Toronto Raptors, thanks to their uh, assistant coach, Doc Rivers. The Raptors. <laughs> no, nah, I thought I thought Siakam for real played really well the two games they won. Yeah, he did for sure. He did. Um, but at a cost, Embiid will be out at least five days, so likely to miss the first two games. They're saying uh, with the concussion from Siakam's elbow. Um, this is bad. For, for Philly, obviously. Really bad. Because I do think they need him to win any games against Miami. What do you, you think? Remember, you remember my reaction uh, when we found out he had a torn ligament and he was supposed to, you know, he's going to have surgery, but it was decided that it's going to be an offseason. Dumb, right? Yeah. Yeah. My immediate reaction, and this is the problem right here. The second best, the second option, Tyrese Maxey has to step up. He has to step up even more now that Embiid is not playing. Tobias Harris, the third option, has to step up. I know what you're trying to say. Is it just stay? No, no, no. Honestly, honestly, Tyrese Maxey stepped up in this series. He did. Tobias Harris, same thing. He did. The problem yep. is the real second option is washed up. He played good in the last game, did he, he not? Did. Last game, he played very well to his credit. I liked his energy, yeah. but that's not enough to me. Right. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. He, like, he used to be James Harden. The, the whole ball dominant thing used to be his play style. Yeah. He is now worse than Clarkson. Yeah. Like all the guys that do what he was kind of the architect of the, the full-time ball handler, the volume shooter, they all do it better than him. Yeah. I mean, Maxi Maxi's eating on his own. He's eating off the team. He's eating in transition. He's eating. Like he looked better than Van Fleet. Yeah, he did. While Harden, I mean, Ananobi is just all over him. I mean, Scotty Barnes, Scotty Barnes look, made him look like he didn't, he's not an offensive threat. Gary Trent strapped him too. Yeah, Trent, who I think is not that good of a defender. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Harden has looked awful, bro. He's looked weak, for sure. I don't care that he's involved, that he's still a threat. That's Uh what I needed for Maxi, And Maxi is the one doing Harden's job right now. So what are you saying about the series? They're not going to make it? They're going to lose? Or Maxi's going to have to average 30? No, no, no. Which he might. (sighs) Do you think they can beat Miami at all without Embiid? I do. I do. I think they can too. My thing with them is, 
and it's the knock on Miami shot selection. Yeah. I, I really like Philly's ability, even with Embiid. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello? Yeah, I'm here. It froze for a second. Oh. All right. Uh, their ability to get good shots, even with Embiid. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times, more and more the last couple of years, even when Tobias is not shooting well, I like the shots he's getting. Mm-hmm. I like how involved Max he is, how eager he is to be a threat. Right. And I think all their bench guys come in and, and just play their roles. Definitely. That to me, and there's, you know, there's teams we just watched without their star player. Just guys stepped up and they play well. Yeah. I think Philly is very capable of that. And on the flip side, Miami's very capable of just settling and just kind of staying in the game and then throwing it away at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think this Great is place. as easy as it seems for Miami. I agree. I agree. Um, I think if we don't see Ellie, Jimmy Butler siding, I think Miami has a has a tough road even without Embiid, definitely. Because even even with Harden being, you know, lesser of himself, they have they always have four threats out there on the court all the time. And solid threats. Yeah. Uh so Miami doesn't always, but they kind of fake like they do. So I definitely think Philly can outscore uh Miami and I think Philly's defense is underrated. Um, yeah. What they have right now, I think their defense is underrated. But okay. They do have the inferior coach. Yeah, they do. Yeah, for sure. Well, I can make a case as the worst remaining coach in the Eastern Conference. And there's a first year coach there. At I, this moment. I might be with that. At this moment. I might be with that. Yeah, I don't think that's. But we'll uh, right. there. There's a doc conversation to have. I I would like to see how Philly ends the season first. Yeah, and then we'll. Come that's back fair. That. That's fair. So tell me about Toronto. Oh man, very very frustrating first two games. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. I thought um, first two games dictated the series because from that point, to me, it was like a toss-up between who's really better. Mm-hmm. I mean, game three, they blew. It, this could have been a completely different series if they don't blow game three. Yeah. And to to break, to not switch correctly and allow Embiid to get wide open, I, I mean, that just, that's mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but those first two games, first point, and this is a weird comparison, Van Fleet and Siakam are not Jamal Murray and Jokic. And, okay, and I understand, I understand why they try to play like that. But you remember yeah. when when Murray was healthy. The Nuggets would do this thing where they're like a team. Every, everybody's touched on the ball. Everybody's Gary Harris is getting touches. And then the last yeah. six minutes of the game, two corners, a short corner, 
and we're a two-man game the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is out the way. Uh, Jokic and Murray will just run like handoffs, pick and roll. They'll mix it up where they'll flip it, and Murray will set him a screen, or like Jokic will run a handoff. Yeah. And it was just like 2v2, we're deciding the game. Mm-hmm. The, and it worked. The, the Raptors, yeah, that worked. Because Murray's mm-hmm. a flame a flamethrower. Jokic is crazy high IQ. Van Fleet and Siakam can't win like that. Good point. Very and good point. First two games, Siakam is attacking everyone like they're a mismatch. Mm-hmm. What, what is going on? And, and he's taking a lot of bad shots. He's dribbling a lot. Yeah, in tra- in traffic, I'm like yo, yep. we got to do something to to change it up. He's shooting like off foot uh, floaters and fadeaways and stuff. Yeah, not in this game. Yeah, it was it was just, and I've seen this before. It makes him look worse than he actually is because I do think he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they force him to kind of carry like most of the offense, and then they force Van Fleet to carry the rest of it. Yeah, that needs to stop. Bizarre. It's bizarre because Van Fleet is a good ball handler. He's an ankle breaker guy. He's not a Mm -hmm. full-time point guard. It's not. Definitely not. So that was my first issue. I think they have to kind of adjust how they use their stars to attack. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the second problem... And I started realizing this a lot more as the series progressed. Okay. Outside of those two guys whose decision-making I didn't really like early in the series, I didn't like anybody else dribbling the ball. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. So as the series... Not Gary Trent or... uh... No. No. And I like Trent. I think he played well. Very well. Yeah. But... Where where a lot of times Trent's dribbling to take really tough shots. I'm not a fan of that. Mm-hmm. The other guys, Scott Barnes is not ready to dribble in traffic ever. No, he's not. And an OB like tries to get creative definitely on not. drives. I don't know why he's doing that. Yeah, definitely not. I didn't see anybody on their bench. I I mean they, they still play <laughs> Thaddeus Young, for God's sake. Who's their backup guard? Uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> Malachi Richardson didn't not Malachi Richardson. What is his name? I can't even What's remember. The other guy. But I didn't see anybody <laughs> dribbling the ball that I liked. Right. So right. that to me, like that to me is a problem you have to address in the offseason. Malachi Flynn, that was his name. Who really had no impact. No, I'm looking at the um, depth chart from the last game. Only uh, Boucher and Precious and uh, Thaddeus got in off the bench. So three basically bigs. The fact that this team still plays Thaddeus Young is... It's a comedy in itself. Yeah, it's like when 
Van Vliet comes out, it's just Trent handling the ball. So, And it's Trent only handles the ball for his own shots. <laughs> That's true. So it's like he I'm not so. getting any versatility. He thinks, oh, the point guard is out. I just need to go get buckets. Plays like Jordan Clarkson as well, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And those are my first two. And my final point is patience for them. Yeah. I think this is a good example of how to develop, how to draft. Their roster is developing very well. I think uh, Ananobi and Barnes could develop into good ball handlers. Yeah. And I'm not asking them to – yeah, he's developed into a perimeter player. Yeah. I think Barnes yeah. has shown flashes that he could be a good perimeter player. Their defense is more than capable. I just I think yeah. they need to figure out a better way to play small ball. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. If they master that, if they master that and they can have, you know, all like really good outside shooters. Yeah. Um, all threats out there. I mean, even Boucher has become a really good outside shooter. Um, and they could master that. They could be really, really tough. I like Boucher a lot, man. He's he's fun to watch. I can't believe they thought about trading him early this season. Yeah, well, crazy. Past off season, I remember his name coming up a lot <clears throat> for them. Okay. Um, had Brooklyn gotten uh, – Swept yet when we talked last? No, two games in. Mm, I I'm gonna right. be honest. I I really thought this series would extend. At that point? At that point, two games in, I was like, man, there's no way they go back to Brooklyn and we're gonna see a repeat of the same shit. Yeah. And that's exactly I, what we got. Yeah. I was less confident than most that like Durant was gonna step up. I definitely thought Kyrie would do more in Brooklyn, um, but I, you know, we we saw it, and we don't have to wow. talk. We don't have to talk too too much about this because I feel like this has been probably on the news every single day since this happened. But, hey, Amen. For those who have been listening to us for a long time, I tried to tell y'all about Durant. I tried. I tried two years ago. Oh, Durant can do this. He can do that. He's capable of doing this. Okay. But now we see what Tatum can do. Now we see what Jalen Brown can do. So those top ten rankings – uh, I never. You may have to address. Let's be honest. KD's never touched in a top ten, all-time top ten. No, he's not. After this, no way. No real no basketball purist. No real basketball fan will look at KD and think that he's in the top ten greatest all-time players. Yeah, I agree. And and Barkley, Barkley really summed it up perfectly. Hmm. You you you've always you, all your success has come from riding the bus. Every yeah. other time you've drove it, crashed. <laughs> Every time. Like a lot Every of guys, time. a lot of guys 
to your point, KD, a lot of guys don't like Russ. You're yeah. the only one who's had a public issue with him. Yeah. A lot of guys, everybody that's watches Draymond Green knows he's an asshole. Right. You're the only no- guy who's had a public issue with him. And the only teammate we've we've seen have an issue with him. I mean, Draymond, I mean, uh, Boogie just fought his teammate, fought Barton the other day. Never nope. saw Boogie and Draymond fight. Nope. Never. Not once. So. Yeah. This was like, now, this is just embarrassing. And now the king of like judging character gets Harden and Kyrie on the same team. And then, you know, <laughs> Harden hates both you guys. So Harden demands to get traded. I'm and then you snag the, the uh, least playing player in the league. So. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to talk about Ben Simmons because I really what what a shit show that is. Right. We actually I mean, talk about basketball, so we don't really have anything right, to say about right. The the, the work excuse to not that's that's really crazy that he hit the work excuse like oh actually my pain is back I can't uh, anyway. The the yep. reason I say it's embarrassing, I've I've been very critical of Harden for this. Um, and really, I can't really remember being seeing this in the playoffs from other guys besides Harden. Right. KD and Kyrie quit. Yeah. To me, to me, when you're when you're not getting stops the whole series, and the two stars never try to take a matchup, a challenge, make an extra effort play, uh rile up my teammates to get stops that's that's quitting to me yeah when when my star player is getting strapped by the entire opposing roster and he still he still only rolls to get an iso yep how many fucking layups would he have gotten how many extra free throws would he have gotten if he rolled to the basket on like 30% of his screens. Right. I mean, KD, the island shit is not working. Even in the last game. Even in the last game. They didn't even need to double. Didn't even need to double. I mean, again, in the last game, KD, you're still putting up bricks. So the efficiency that you're you used to use to control the game, gone. Gone. You're doing. You're playing like Clarkson. I hate to keep using him as like the archetype, but, yeah. but honestly, you're just taking shots. You have no other impact on the game. The turnovers were atrocious. Oh God! Oh, the popcorn shit, dude. Bro, he let Grant Williams strip him like once every single game, at least once every game. I mean, bro, was it the second game where Brown took it from him like three straight times? Yeah. Or it was like it was Brown, Tatum, and then back to Brown. I'm like, KD, what are we doing? (laughs) He did not want the ball. He did not want that ball, man. And and how many star players um, after losing a series – 
are pissed off, are frustrated, are like just sick. They don't want to discuss like team move, like organizational decisions in the, the future. They're just frustrated about losing. A lot of them. I didn't see none of that from KD and Kyrie. Definitely not Kyrie. I mean, I'll get to Kyrie in a second. But again, KD, no crying over spilt milk. What is this spilled milk? KD, forget spilling the milk. milk. They took the shit from you. Yeah. The whole roster strapped you. No crying over spilt milk. Got to figure out how to get better. KD, if you got some fucking stops, maybe if you didn't let Grant Williams take it to your chest every fucking play, you might have won a couple games. Right. I mean, you got swept, and your your supporting cast played well. Yeah. I mean, on, honestly, if there's any positive about Brooklyn from this, it's that their already supporting cast is good enough. I agree. Bruce Brown, Seth, and Drummond are, are and Claxton are good enough. I mean, you, need, you don't need anything gave, else. Gave you gave production. Me, you, yep, and half Dragons. the basketball fan base thought he was washed up. Yeah. He's giving you great, great minutes. I mean, Claxton's Claxton's only gonna get better. Blake came out there and was battling. He hit two threes, he was taking charges, he was blocking shots. Listen, he's doing everything. Why Blake didn't come into the series until game three? I that hurts me. That hurts Blake me that I have such to a ask terrible that. decision. He made such a terrible decision staying there. Yeah, for a hundred percent. They don't deserve Blake, honestly. And, Blake and plays harder awful- than the whole team combined in five minutes of, of play. And for as awful as, as KD was, like, again, to me and you, this wasn't surprising. Right. I, I thought he'd try to, like, get a block or maybe, like, stop somebody. Nah, box out a Horford one time. No, 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 none of that. Right. But, okay, you know, at least you went out taking bricks. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. That that shows some like you know I'm trying to at least get some respect here. Mm-hmm. We get to Kyrie Irving. Yeah, matching. I I talked after game two, after game one, or after when we talked after game two. I I was mm-hmm. surprised that game two there was no matching of energy. There was no right. embracing the dark side. Like that, that, that quote really stuck with me that he had the nerve to be like, yo, I'm embracing the dark side. And then he didn't show up for the rest of the series. Solid 13 shots in the last game. Bro, I remember KD fucking up. I remember mm-hmm. KD trying to be an ISO threat and looking awful. Yep. I don't even remember Kyrie being on the court. Neither. Let's be honest. Every guard 
on on that played had more of an impact on the series than Kyrie Irving did. I completely agree. Every single one. Peyton Pritchard went out there and won games for Boston. Seth Curry looked Multiple more involved. games. Of course. Dragic was more physical, was tougher, was more involved. Yep. Patty at least was trying to take charges. Yep. Trying to – and he hit shots when he got them. Mm-hmm. This guy completely disappears for the last 75% of this series. Which, which for some reason, After didn't the first surprise game. me. After the first the game, he was nowhere games. to be found. Yeah. Again, like Kyrie, can I see some turnovers for God's sake? Right. I'd rather him stick the uh, middle finger up to the crowd again than exactly. Not do I don't want to get fined, but you're not playing hard either. Right. Again, that that to me was embarrassing. Like Kyrie's Kyrie's quitting was so blatant, so obvious. He didn't care. Yeah. Showed no yeah. sign of care that they were that uh, Marcus Smart was strapping him. That Peyton Pritchard was having more impact every time he checked in the game. Derek White, who played like absolute trash, had more impact to me than Kyrie Irving did. Yeah. You're right. Bruce Brown is more involved. I don't know what happened to Derek White. Yeah, I don't know. His jumper is just missing in action right now. Yeah, it is. But that's fine. It's not a big deal, but... Mm-hmm. And then, and then the future. Forget the coaching problem here that I I don't need to even discuss. I don't even need to discuss. Right. Everybody who watched the series is like, why is Nash coaching? Don't forget the history of why Nash got hired. That's all I'll say. Exactly. Because Kenny Atkinson would have would have had this team in a minimum game six. For sure. Underrated coach, by the way. Right. He got hated on for no reason. By the most toxic leader in the league. Yep. Got him out of there for absolutely no reason. Both of them. Both most toxic leaders in the league on the same squad. Now these these toxic quitters got to co-manage the team? Yeah. GM and assistant GM. Good luck, Brooklyn. Good luck. The worst worst part is, and we started off with the point, they don't need anything. They have the team. Yeah, you're going to get Ben Simmons cool, but you don't need anything else on this roster. The roster is in every game. In every game. Every game. There's no, nothing there, honestly. All you needed was to play better. There's no other changes needed to be two made. Guys. Other two than, guys. Other than you guys playing better in your effort. Kyrie, you need to start looking for someone else on the court other than, you know, yourself in the basket. And Durant just needs to play better. I mean, this plan is simple. Yep. So, listen, I don't have anything else to add about Brooklyn. I'm sick of hearing about them. I'm sick of talking about them. Uh, I love how Boston looked, though. For sure. Um, they looked great. There was a fire lit under them. Uh, they're taking great shots. 
Uh, I think they get sloppy in some stretches, which um, probably shouldn't do against Milwaukee. I've seen it work. I mean, I've seen teams still pull it out, and they're a team that they get like a, as deep as a hole as they can possibly get without like blowing the game. Like they'll go down yeah. eight points easy, and it looked like Milwaukee's on a run and they're about to take it away. And then here comes Tatum and Brown just take one-on-one positions for the next three minutes, and they're up five. So they're a team that can go down and come back. I'm not really worried about it. Uh, it's going to be an exciting, very exciting series. Yeah. You want to talk about the Team Milwaukee beat? Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, Chicago. So Chicago, another team that has dealt with a lot of injuries, especially as of late in the playoffs. They lose uh, Levine to COVID. Uh, didn't DeRozan miss the – did DeRozan miss the first game of COVID? Nah. He played. Nope. Remember he had a bad game, said, like, I'll never shoot this bad. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, missed the game. Uh, Levine missed the last game with COVID. Caruso uh, concussion protocol. Um. They're, they're probably the most injury-stricken team in the league this year, uh, you know, other than Denver, obviously. But none of, none of Denver's injuries happened this year. All of Chicago's injuries happened this season. Uh, they got spanked. I'm surprised they won the game that they won, which was impressive. But uh, Milwaukee defending champs, I don't have, like, too much analysis about it. Milwaukee just looked yeah. like the more complete – the um, like I said, defending champion. It looked very um, mature, uh, experienced. Uh, Chicago just looked like they didn't have enough. Well, we talked about it being a bad matchup. Very bad, yeah. Uh, I I just like this is one of those situations that Milwaukee deserves a lot of the credit because their energy guys dominated. Their role yep. players dominated, especially after Middleton got hurt. Their role, we talked about uh, not being sure if guys could step up and fill Middleton's impact. We did. No problem. No problem. No problem. Yep. Uh, like you said, defending champs, they showed it. They played to all their strengths, they exposed a lot of Chicago's weaknesses. And it really shouldn't have been surprising. No. Nah. Yep, it, you're right. And Middleton will be back uh, next series, yeah. as far yeah. as I know. Yeah, okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, what'd you learn about Chicago? They're not as close to being a contender as I thought. <laughs> okay. Uh, first problem, too many jump shots. Too many. And because of that, because of that, I just think Milwaukee's guards had more impact. Mm -hmm. This is the difference between a championship pedigree contender and an inexperienced roster going into the playoffs. We praised Chicago as having the best guard rotation in the league. Yeah. 
Grayson Allen dominated them. Grayson Allen made it look like he uh, was the best guard in the league. Grayson Allen almost single-handedly, he almost replaced Middleton by himself. Yeah. All he did was make open shots and, and not make silly mistakes. And move to open spots. Yep. Chicago, I know they're not healthy, but they have real no real spot-up shooter without Lonzo. Right, which is terrible to say because he's not really a – he just learned how to shoot last year. Right. And, and the problem is, like, you turn Levine into that, he's just a volume shooter. He's not consistent. He's not really reliable. Plus, you don't want to just make him like a off the ball full time guy, right? Then I got Caruso in the corner. I don't trust him to make those. Nope. He hasn't proven to consistently make them. Nope. I mean, Patrick Williams looks scared to shoot the ball. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. because of that. Because of that, the guys who are confident, who are not scared, swallow up the shots. And I think a lot of the issue as the series progressed, Vucevic taking so many shots is because a lot of the other guys aren't contributing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yo, you know, first game, it, it infuriated me that Vucevic is taking all these jumpers. As we're progressing in the series, if DeRozan's not scorching hot, it's straight bricks. Yep. It's straight bricks, and we can't get layups unless the defense is fucking up. Right. So that, to me, was frustrating. Mm-hmm. And, and I just – I don't know how they fix it. We definitely need more specialists. That's a good start because they don't have any. Like you said, not one specialist shooter on the whole team. No. They need, like, committed role guys. Yeah. Guys who can, like I mentioned with Memphis, exit, doing their role could dominate the game. Mm-hmm. They don't have any of that. Right. Okay. Um, what else? What else you got? You got anything else, Phil? That's a biggie, obviously. I think to give an example of a player I would really like is uh, Boucher mm-hmm. from the Raptors. I think it goes back to the point you made most of the year. Uh, they desperately needed a real power forward. Yeah, they did. Patrick Williams Williams isn't one. He's not ready. Maybe he'll turn into one, but he's not ready right now. And he's not the kind of, like, I get why they have him at power forward because he's strong. He has a good size. He's really athletic, but he's not the kind of power forward that they actually need, especially Vucevic is shooting threes all the time. Yes. They need the power forward who can stay in the paint, who can get rebounds, who can get putbacks, who can block shots. If Vucevic isn't going to do any of those things, you – that's what you have bigs for. So if you don't have either big doing what bigs are supposed to do, you're not going to win games. Yeah. 
And, and you know what else they're missing? This is like a small point. Uh, I, I look at Milwaukee and most of their guys can make plays to hype up the team. Yeah. And not just buckets, plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the contenders in the West have that. Yeah. Miami has that. Uh, yeah. Boston has that. Chicago is one guy. Right. Caru- if Caruso's not making big plays, nobody else really elevates the team unless they're getting buckets. Yeah, and Levine doesn't get enough dunks to, right. to do it either. Yeah. Uh, That's again, why I really liked uh, the idea of Montrezl for them because I thought yeah. he would have been perfect for that. Yeah. Big, big play, big dunks, great power forward, but... No, they whiffed on everybody whiffed on my trestle, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's really it though. All right. All right. Um let's go to the defending uh Western Conference uh runner. Oh, Western Conference champions. Right. Um, the Phoenix Suns. Got a nice early test. Yeah. Yeah, nice, nice light test. They lost, um, lost Booker for two games, was it? Two or three, yeah. Um, Pelicans made it tough on them, but uh, I think I'll be honest, man. Besides, like what I've seen from Steph, obviously. Darren Williams has had some nice moments in my life. But I've never seen a point guard take over a series like CP did in this last series. It's It was amazing. The games that he completely took over the game, completely took over the fourth quarter, completely took over the second half. I mean, he was just – he was fantastic. Fantastic. And it looked like he was one of the best players in the NBA. And we don't his, even look at him like that. Yeah, his perfect game, to me, yeah. third, probably his third best playoff moment. He had, mm-hmm. to me, the best one was the injured game winner against the Spurs. Classic. When, right on over Duncan uh, when he had a bunch yeah. of threes, I remember, coming back out of the locker room. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one was him getting, what was it? either last year or the year before getting to the conference finals, I believe last year. Yeah. When he went crazy in the last game, just like couldn't miss, put up like 40 or something. Yeah. And then this, I mean, the, the way he dictates the mid range. Yep. It's, it's like he, he's capitalizing on the play style of the last generation used. Yeah. And he's the only one that could still I don't think anybody else could do it in the league right now besides him. At the guard spot, I don't think so either. Yeah. And even uh the first game that Booker missed that they won. It, this this went six games? Yeah. I want to say it was game four, maybe. But in the fourth quarter, I think he either scored or assisted on 18 straight points to win the game. I mean, that that, that performance was just 
I I was speechless. I was watching it live too, and I was I mean it was yeah. late, really late. I'm like I'm like squinting my eyes, about to fall asleep. I'm like, what is going on? How are they coming back? And then CP gets another steal, gets another jumper. He gets an assist. He gets another jumper. I'm like, he really just completely took over the game, took the heart out of the Pelicans. It was insane. Um, so CP's on a mission this year, man. He is with or without. Booker, I love it. You know. No matter what the rest of the team does, who and the rest of the team played well. The supporting Cavs has played well all season. I don't think that's like a new point we need to make. Cam Johnson won them a game. Crowder, uh, yeah. Bridges did. Yeah. Yep. So I don't. I don't even think we need to bring them up again. Talked about them enough. They they played great. Aiton looks fantastic. He looks ready. He looks like he's on a mission as well. Uh, ready to expose anybody. Um, so, looking forward to them in the next uh, series. But Pelicans had a really good year this year. For a team that's rebuilding, Yes, um, they made some nice moves. Lost Zion for the year, basically. Um, uh, I, I have some things I learned about them. And <laughs> number one, Willie Green is a good coach. That's the first thing I learned. Uh, he has a lot of experience being an assistant all over the league. He played all over the league for a lot of different coaches. I would probably say he has like as much miles uh, of experience as any of the other coaches because he, he probably played longer than any than most coaches, maybe other than like Doc. Um, and then being an assistant under like championship coaches yeah. multiple times. Um, I mean, I, and you can see it. You can see it now they play. I, I think he makes creative decisions. I think his um, he trusts players a lot. And it had, really wasn't ever to a fault to me in this series. They just got outmatched. But I think the minutes he played some guys that probably wouldn't play a lot of minutes on other teams uh, – I, I thought it was all very good decisions. I think he did a great job, excellent job in the series. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what he does next with this team. So that's my first point. Second point, they don't need any. Uh, they don't need any vets. I think the team that they have right now, as far as uh, the role players go, uh, Herb Jones. Um, Trey Murphy, I want to say. Yeah, uh, I don't remember his is Trey Trey Murphy. <clears throat> um, Marshall that came off the bench, Jackson Hayes. These young guys they have Alvarado. These young guys they have. I mean, obviously Ingram. Um, they're playing fantastic, and they're fitting into roles just organically. I I just feel like I don't think he even had to tell them. I think. They see what the team needs, and they're just filling the roles flawlessly. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think they need to add any other age to this team. I think that they develop with this team. They'll probably get more draft picks. Uh, I think that um, Valachunas and CJ are perfect, um, uh, perfect vets for this team, leaders. They've been around the league. Oh, CJ's 
you know, only been on one team, but he's played for a long time, played against a lot of teams, uh, played in a, multiple systems. Um, Valachunas has been around the league, played on championship caliber teams multiple times. I, I, I just think, I think they have a great, great squad. I don't think they need to add anything. Devontae Graham, maybe he needs to step up. I think they, I think Lily is trying to find like the right role for him to be comfortable. He doesn't look comfortable yeah. all the time. But um, we've, we've seen what Graham can do. We've seen him play great in Charlotte, and I know he can bring that to this team eventually. He's another really solid leader, young leader. And uh, lastly, it may be time to let go of Zion, the Zion train. Yes, sir. That was, that was going to be the only point I wanted to make. <laughs> the last thing, listen, if you're going to do it, Commit to it, but if you're not, and if you're questioning it at all, they should go ahead and let him go. Because this team is good, and anything you get for Zion helps this team. Anything, anything Anything. you get for Zion helps this team. So I don't see how Zion helps this team. I don't either. So uh, I I think it's time to get off the train. Either fully commit or just fully commit to letting him go because this team is ready to take the next step with or without him. And if it's without him, it got to be quick because, um, you know, the guys they have aren't getting any younger, uh, but they're getting experience and they're going to be ready really, really, really soon to contend. I think next few years, I think they'll be ready to contend. Yeah, man, they're at a similar to the Raptors. They're in like a patient spot. Mm-hmm. But to your point, momentum is is tough. Like you don't have a lot of time to capitalize it, capitalize yeah. on it. And to me, like if if Zion's situation continues to be a drama, that that type of thing ruins momentum. Absolutely. And to me, like like you said, if they could get anything for him, to me, this is Zion's last like hype year yeah because after this if he's either misses a ton of games or doesn't play well it's now we're questioning him Mm -hmm. but right now to me you could get a good package for him if Zion really wanted to go to new york anybody that new york gives them would help like (laughs) anyone on the new york roster would help one thousand percent i could see uh, like a Keldon Johnson from the Spurs helping them immediately. Yeah. Uh, some other teams that are interested in Zion, I could just see an easy trade just immediately helping them. So if that's what they were to do, if they're really interested in that, before they, you know, if they tell them, you know, sign and trade, I think they should be open, definitely. So, that brings us to our last series, uh, right? Yeah, our last series, Dallas and Utah. We mentioned last time how Utah was crumbling to this Dallas team. Jalen Brunson was taking over. He looked spectacular. Uh, you're, you're very right about that. Spectacular. Luca hadn't yet played, I think, last time we talked, but he has made his return and 
was a seamless, pretty seamless transition. Um, Utah did win a game. Uh, they won two games, right? One or two games. Two games. Two games. Uh, they had to win one, obviously, by almost a buzzer beater, uh, game winner. Um, but Dallas pulled it out in uh, pretty spectacular fashion. I think Utah was very disappointed by this. Um, Jason Kidd did a fantastic job in the series, I think. I think his substituting, I think the team stepped up. Uh, they had a lot of energy. And uh, Luca really didn't even have to play that hard in the series. He really didn't need to come back, if I'm being 100% honest. He didn't he at all. Set out. He didn't at all. <laughs> so um, I, I – I've been positive about Dallas yeah. a lot. I like what they're doing. Um, yeah. They're, they're very uh, – I like how committed they are to just, like, going for it. Mm-hmm. Like, their guys are just like, yo, we'll go out swinging. We'll, like, we'll take shots with confidence. We'll move it around. I, I thought no matter how much Brunson cooked – they never forgot about like Reggie Bullock or Kleber when he was open or Powell being the lob threat. Mm-hmm. I thought no, and, and their ISO guys dominated the series, Luca, Dinwiddie, Brunson. Yeah. But the other guys never just stood around. They were never like out of the offense. They weren't stagnant. It wasn't, it, it was creative. I thought. I thought it was too. So all you know, they played great, and and I'll get into them a little more on the preview. But Utah, wow! I think we've been very critical about Utah this entire season. Um, I think you and I both like some of the players that play for Utah. You remember you after the All Star break. Remember after the All-Star break, they came out and just dismantled the Warriors? Yeah. Just like top all-time goaded defensive team dismantled the Warriors? Yeah. That seems like an eternity ago. Go ahead, man. You got it? <laughs> You're waiting for You're waiting. I mean, I, I don't know where to start, dude. I can't. The problem is we've talked about them so much this season. And I think we're just so clear on where we stand that we don't even know how to start with the clarity. First of all, Quinn Snyder has to go. If anyone in the entire NBA needs to lose their coaching job, it's Quinn Snyder. I think we've seen a similar situation with Terry Stotts running his team right into the gates of purgatory over and over and over again, over and over and over again. Quinn Snyder's doing the same thing with a better team than Terry Stotts probably has ever had, by the way. Um, A team that can go and win the regular season on multiple occasions, compete for it on multiple occasions. Um, They have a young star that is capable probably of leading the league and scoring whenever he really wants to. Probably, um, they have a two-time defensive player of the year, and they look terrible. 
on multiple nights, like any given night, they look like garbage. You yeah. have multiple starters that I don't know if would start on any other team in the NBA. Uh, they wouldn't. <laughs> Royce O'Neal on wouldn't touch a starting spot on a single other contender. I agree. We need to crack the rotation know. in most in most uh, contenders. Yeah, I'm not sure if Bogdanovic starts on most contenders as well. I think he's a perfect six man for all the other contenders, at least the ones that are in the playoffs right now. So, uh, go ahead. But what do you have to add? I, I mean, the fan base has said it pretty well. They're tired of seeing the same shit. Yep. I mean, Quinn, like you said, it starts from the coaching because it every series, almost every series I've watched with Quinn Snyder, the opposing coach figures him out. Mm-hmm. While meanwhile, Quinn Snyder does nothing differently. Nothing. Yep. He he doesn't give star players different looks to throw them off. He just Never. mono e mano. Either either my defender will get stops or he'll get torched. His defender, by the way, is Royce O'Neal, who's who gets torched repeatedly. Yeah. Who Jalen Brunson? Oh, J- like did Jalen Brunson look like he was working that hard? Not to me. Not to me. I've watched Jalen Brunson play a lot. He exposed Royce and completely exposed. Yeah, that that was embarrassing. And I talked about this last time. It's too late to play defense when a guy's inside the free throw line. Yeah, I mean, coaching one on one when you do the shell drill, you're teaching guys to keep drives out of the paint. Mm-hmm. And guys are, I mean, Dinwiddie's getting to the paint all the time, and he's not even playing well. Luca is walking to the paint. Yep. Going Literally right. walking. Yep. It doesn't get much more embarrassing than a guy who's like, he's healthy enough to run, and he's like, you know what? This team can't, is so bad defensively. I don't have to. Yep. I mean, he walked to the players- right. All day. to the left and finish with the right. Every time. All I just don't day. understand it. Bump, gone, layup. Step back, yep. insane amount of space, even though everybody in the arena knows it's coming. Yep. I mean, Quinn, how many times has your matchup defense gotten exposed? I mean, honestly, I keep I kept talking about Terrence man getting 40 points it's not about terrence man he hasn't i'm not sure if he's gotten 40 since he hasn't i don't even think he's touched a 30 point game right but again your matchups kill you every time you have so many weak links why is donovan taking the assignment when a guy is scorching high right why is Bogdanovich is your second option? You're kidding. Forget you're talking about Bogdanovich isn't a starter. 
on most contenders. He was the second option on this team. Yeah, I know. I mean, everybody in the fucking league could see Conley's washed up. Quinn Snyder can't. Why is Gobert an option? Why isn't he an option at all on offense? They don't even really use him as a lob threat much. Only Donovan does. No, they No one else on the team knows how to do it. This is how fucking dumb they are. They celebrated that dumbass game winner as if they had won the fucking series. Oh, and you just and you know what happened next? They got fucking obliterated. Game five, Uh, a team, a team. I don't have to remind you an insane amount of playoff experience knows what it takes, knows what the failure is like. Game five, you tied up the series. The momentum is all yours to take it over. The other team's star player is walking around. Mm -hmm. 70 points. 70 points. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. They are completely wrong. They have too many guys who either don't belong in their position, who can't do their position, can't do their job. They can't guard on the other end. And Quinn Snyder, who's coached this for seven plus fucking years, sees none of it. And how come he just doesn't know how to make substitutions at all? It's like seven. At all. Every playoff run, we're seven deep. Yeah, max. Seven deep, and then the eighth guy will sneak in to, like, force bad shots. Or, or <laughs> Yeah, they guy can't even who, get Daniel House shots. I mean, I mean, God, I keep – I talked about Clarkson earlier. Just because you have a guy who scores 15 to 20 points – doesn't mean you could just ignore the rest of your bench. Right. I mean, they, they're just like, well, Clarkson gets buckets. Who needs a bench? Quinn, like, the versati- you need versatility to succeed. This is Clarkson and, um, and Whiteside is all they put in there. Clark And Whiteside had a, you know, he played all right, whatever. I, I don't trust yeah. him to start. We know, we know this. But again, yeah. like a lot, of, I think we both like Daniel House. A lot of people think Daniel House is a good player. What mm-hmm. is the fucking point of putting him out there to take two shots? <laughs> right, he's a spot up. He's a spot up shooter. Royce O'Neal is getting thirty five minutes, and Daniel House, who's who's actually built to do his job, mm-hmm. is is having to like make shots to stay in the game. Are you kidding me? Royce O'Neal can't make a shot to, to contribute to the series. Right. And he takes way more shots than House does. This is not the first time I watched a team by design say, we want Royce O'Neal to get the ball. The Clippers yep. just did this shit a year ago. Yep. They put like Canard on Royce O'Neal. Yep, and every time they they funneled to Donovan, Royce O'Neal be the decision maker, and it's bad shot mm-hmm. turnover, bad pass. Again, yep. he's not a starter. 
No, he's not. He's been on the team for years, Quinn. Like, what are you looking at? And he just woke up one day and started starting him, like, last year. Just... <laughs> <laughs> did they lose? I they understand like, that. They lost somebody to start him, I, I think. Or maybe Ingles, they like moved Ingles to the bench. They traded Ingles this year. Maybe it was that. Yeah, they moved Ingles to the bench last year to, for him to start. Yeah. Which was bizarre. Like, dude, I. I then Ingles got hurt. So. This is so bad. I mean, I thought getting rid of Ingles was a positive. And they look like they were missing him. Yeah. They got rid of Ingles and never used any of the guys they got for him. I mean, it's it's Pascal one game. It's Hernan Gomez another game. Oh, my God. Hernan Gomez made two shots. Hernan Gomez, you get to play the next game. But you won't touch the fucking ball and do anything to contribute to the game. You'll just get torched on the other end. Meanwhile, we, we only see Rudy Gay slapping guys five when they come out of the game. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I, think- I, I honestly, I mean, I'm watching the entire Dallas roster get wide open shots. Are you no. kidding me? And they didn't even have Hardaway, by the way. No Their Hardaway. Best, Reggie Bullock was doing his job because he's wide fucking open. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, yeah. honestly. If I'm going into the series, my only scouting report on Reggie, you know, find him in transition. Don't just forget about him. Mm-hmm. And all they fucking did, every transition, where's Reggie Bullock? Wide fucking open. Already shooting a lot of times. I mean, I mean, Finney Smith, Finney Smith hit momentum shots the whole series, and they never guarded yeah. him. Yeah. And I get that because you knew that was coming. That was, a, if anything, of all the, what we're talking about, all the criticisms, we knew Finney Smith was going to hit momentum shots. That's his game. But but the problem is how. Mm-hmm. The problem is how. Luke, Luca didn't play for the first third of this series, and, and Jalen Brunson took did his job. Yeah. You let Jalen Brunson decide the series. Think about that. You have two guys who you pay max dollars to and the the guy on the other team who's his contract year is deciding the series. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, is really Quinn Donovan Mitchell is just going to be the the James Harden impersonation every playoffs. It it doesn't it doesn't bother you that he's limping out of every playoff run that he's inefficient every playoff run. And it's not his fault. For those who are dogging Donovan, it's not his fault. Look what's going on, man. Look who he has passing it to him. Royce O'Neal and Mike Conley. Quint, Quint Mike Conley Schneider. was good for like a, a half of a quarter every game. He had like a good six minutes that looked fabulous every single game. That was it. The rest of the game, he was marginal. I, I've seen enough. Forget I, it. I think... Every team in the league has two guards who could at least go toe to toe with Conley. Okay. And I don't think there's a lot of that many good guards in the league. At least yeah. not that level of depth of good guards. But I don't think Delon Wright is that far from Mike Conley. 
I think he's better. <laughs> no doubt about that. I'd take I'd take DeLon Wright in a in an instant. Well, I've seen enough missed layups, bro. I can't do it no more. Why? Yeah, why I've Donovan is the, why Donovan is the only guy getting assists? I I'll never understand. He's their best playmaker, and I've seen enough of like Conley missing people that are wide open. He doesn't draw again. He doesn't draw any defenders. Um, obviously, he doesn't finish. Sometimes he doesn't even really take open shots. Like he, when he does take open threes, you know, spot up threes, he hits them sometimes, but it doesn't take him enough for them to like have a big significance, any significance on the game. No. So I just like Dinwiddie, I thought was awful most of the series, and he dictated a lot of the games. Getting Dinwiddie over Conley would be an upgrade at the point guards. 100%. And that's 100%. That's, a negative, by the way. And go bear, bro. They they gotta stop with that shit. How many free throws well, does a guy have to miss to for you to see? Maybe we shouldn't have him out there the whole fourth quarter. Right. How many times does a guy have to get scored on on a fucking island for the coach to be like, maybe he's not the right guy to have out there right now? Right. I mean, they're at one point. I think it was game three. They're they're hacking Gobert every time he touches the ball. And what does Utah do? They're running like handoff curls to get Gobert lobs. Yep. The dumbest shit. Like, or if imagine Atlanta at the end of games forcing the ball to Capella. Mm-hmm. That's what Utah does. Yeah, it is. It, it's idiotic. You should you should know by now this is not going to work, and this this and has that, to be the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, it has to be. They have to make changes. And to your point, them going into that force it to go bear thing is on Conley and on Quinn Snyder alike, because Donovan doesn't do that. Donovan nope. just plays basketball the whole game. He just go, goes and plays his game, and. Everyone else is like, yo, coach said to do this, and that looks like that's what they're doing. So, um, Rose O'Neill has to go, Bogdanovich has to not be starting, Chris Snyder has to go. <clears throat> really, Gobert can go too, honestly. I, I think I said this off air to you. I could see this being like the season when, uh, when uh, everyone left Dame in Portland. When he just got a completely new roster, CJ. I mean, CJ was there. Aflalo, uh, Lopez, Aldridge, Barton, uh, Wes Matthews. Remember that? Yeah. When he lost five out of the starting six yep. players. I think Batum, too. Six. Yeah, Batum starting seven. So I could see the same situation happening uh, for Utah. I think it would be fire, actually. <laughs> Great fresh yeah. start. Yeah. John Wall sitting at home while Conley is out there stinking it up. A lot of guys are stinking. When, when I think about Wall, a lot of guys are stinking it up when he should be out there. Kyrie Irving is literally stealing money from the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you have to have like three players literally stealing money from them. Kyrie, I'm Kyrie. That's like a dream. What John Wall's going through is like a dream scenario for Kyrie too. And Ben, Ben is doing the yeah, same. Oh yeah, Ben, Ben is Ben is finessing as we speak. Yep. Yep. So, uh, Mavericks and uh, Suns. How many games? I think six. I'm gonna say games. six. Six. We will say six. Phoenix and six. Yeah. I okay. I can't. I don't want to say it was a fluke, but there's no way Brunson does what he just did. No. Not to that extent. Not to that extent. Campaign and Alfred Payton are like way too uh, competitive to let him just expose them the whole game. It's like there's certain guys for me. Campaign is one of these guys that the talent doesn't matter because he's gonna his competitiveness is not gonna let you just go crazy. And Pat Bev is like that too because everyone is. I mean, Pat Bev is like bottom bottom 10 starters in the league to me yeah but he doesn't let guys go out there and just have a, a fun night on him every night you know no matter how good the players are um so i see i think campaign is like that i don't think he lets brunson just go wild on him if he's guarding him it's it's tough though because brunson's like really physical he really uh he really tries to get to his spots like i don't know who they're gonna put on him consistently if he's starting, I guess Booker. I guess no. That'd be interesting. Booker would probably be on um, Dinwiddie. I don't know. It is going to be interesting. That's probably I, I the most interesting part about their matchup. To me, the most interesting part about this is if Luca is the best player the whole series, they could win it. Mm, okay. I I don't trust it to happen because you know Luca's. Not really sure how healthy he is, how locked in he is. Uh, he yeah. is making buckets look really easy, but I feel like he'll do that forever. You confident on Brunson Garden CP? Dallas's defense. Dallas's defense, I'm not really confident at all in. Yeah. But they're very playoff ready. Mm-hmm. Like, they are. I think their home games have been kind of underrated as far as how much energy they've had. I've also yeah. think they, they showed up to Utah a couple times and like really took it to Utah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that series, man. I, I don't really like how Dallas plays most of the time, but I am looking forward to seeing how this, uh, how this plays out for sure. Yeah. I got Phoenix and six though. We got warriors and I got five. You got six. Um, what is it? Miami and Philly. We have what? Five games. Miami, Miami and five. I'll go. Uh, Embiid missing both the first two games. Yeah, I'll go Miami and five. Yeah, if Embiid misses both, if he misses both first two games, Miami and five for sure. If he only misses one. Go ahead. Huh? If he only misses one, I'll go 
I'll just say it goes to six games. They win one more game. They win the first game, he comes back. Uh, So this series, we didn't really talk about much. Yeah. Boston and Milwaukee. Uh, You know what? I'm going to say I was wrong. This is one for me. I was wrong about Milwaukee having an easy road to the finals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Dude, Boston and fucking Golden State just completely, like, flipped their conferences. They did. Um, Boston's just playing at a really high level right now. Yeah. I think they're... I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think they're going to win this in seven games. I I have it going to seven as well. Uh, but I, I'm taking Milwaukee in seven. I mean, it's a toss-up either way. My heart says Boston. But I, I, just, I just think sometimes they those sloppy moments they have, I don't think Milwaukee's going to let them get away with. I think Boston is the better team. But they're also the sloppier team. So that's why I say Milwaukee in seven. But looking back to talk about that, because that one is definitely a toss-up. The only reason I say seven is because yeah. it's a complete toss-up. I do think Milwaukee has to dominate the glass. Because mm-hmm. if you're not dominating the glass, you're not going to take advantage of, of how sloppy the Celtics could get. Because mm-hmm. I think I think both teams will have stretches of dominating transition. Like again, they're both really good teams. Yeah. One concern I have for Milwaukee, though, is Brooklyn could succeed in spite of KD. Um uh-huh. Milwaukee, when when Giannis doesn't get in the paint, the quality of the shots plummets. Especially if they're not gonna have if Middleton's not gonna be hundred percent. For right. the series, if he's gonna miss the first game, they could they could have a really hard time. And again, similar to Brooklyn, I think this is the this team has the most guys who can guard Giannis. They may not be able to lock him up, but I don't mind Robert Williams. I don't mind Tice out there. I've seen Horford strap Giannis on occasions. I don't mind Jalen Brown on Giannis. So uh, I think it's another nightmare situation for. You know, basically all the power forward slash small forward guys have a hard time against Boston because they have so many switch switchable yeah. players. Yeah. And if Giannis has it outside of the three point line, I'm smart. I could put smart on him easy. Yeah. So I'm curious. I'm curious, like, because something that didn't really get noticed by a lot of people was how Brown took over a number of the fourth quarters. Yeah. After not really playing well the first three, he would really like take over and start attacking and getting tough buckets. Yep. Uh, this another recipe I think could get Milwaukee in trouble. I agree. I agree. So, to me, to me, the reason I like Boston, I, I think they have more tools to throw at Milwaukee on both ends. I I agree with that as well. And I'll, although it sounds like in my uh, points I'm taking Boston, but something about Milwaukee, I, it, it, 
Brooklyn also had better shooters that Boston left open. Like Boston left Seth open a lot. They left Dragic open a lot. Patty open. And, um, you know, Grayson Allen is no Seth Curry, but you can't leave him open either. And they got guys that hit big shots, but. But you think about it, they left those guys open to strap KD. Mm-hmm. If they're leaving Pat open to strap Giannis, uh, Milwaukee's right. spacing isn't as fluid as Brooklyn's could be. But Giannis makes that pass a lot better than KD. That, that's that's the difference. Is Giannis is not getting strapped like KD did. No, right. no Giannis way. is not going to have no nine turnovers kicking it out. He just doesn't. He's a good kickout passer. And he ain't getting the fucking two assists on top of eight turnovers. Right. Not unless they win the game and he has like 45. So. But Tatum, man. It would be interesting. Tatum is playing so well that another, another thing that like I thought Giannis would dominate that, but the way he's playing, you never know. I'm excited, man. It's going to be a crazy series. I think it's, I think Milwaukee's defense is going to be pretty much neutralized. I think this is going to depend on who on his defense and whether Milwaukee can score. So, yeah, I think that that'll be the biggest. Milwaukee's offense and Boston's defense is going to be the biggest story of this series. I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do we have anything else as far as NBA goes? No, nothing on the playoff teams. All right. Well, you got anything else at all? Um, no. All right. Well, thank you for listening. As always, uh, next time we're going to probably after the first two games again, and we'll uh, brief a little bit about the NFL draft, uh, what we feel about that. Uh, looking forward to this second round. Gonna be fun. Uh, and I think all the real talk- contenders made it. Like I think yeah, both I think- sides, in my opinion, both sides, the four best teams made it to the next round. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, four teams that were capable of winning yeah. definitely made it. Yeah. Yep. So thanks for listening. Please subscribe as always. Uh, follow us on socials, No Clue Podcasts, and we will see you guys next time.